Once upon a time, there were the Seven Sisters, the most important oil companies of the world. They were strongly allied with one another. They formed a cartel and ruled together. Two of the Seven Sisters were worth the GDP of one average-sized country. They would decide among themselves where to extract product, and they owned the concessions in the Middle East. They would set prices and split the pie amongst themselves. No one else was entitled to a piece. The Seven Sisters. The nickname comes from Enrico Mattei, founder of Eni, the largest petroleum company in Italy, who set out to challenge the cartel. Mattei died on October 27, 1962, when his plane crashed in the countryside surrounding Pavia as he was about to land at Linata Airport. Since then, more than 50 years have passed. The 20th century ended early, under the rubble of the Berlin Wall, and the new millennium opened with optimism and promise. From the birth of the internet to the dawn of AI, technology has changed life on Earth forever. The fossil economy is a thing of the past, obsolete. Extraction, however, is still all the rage, but instead of oil, it's something new. They say that information is the new black gold. No more digging into the earth, but instead into our tastes, our dreams, our desires, our purchasing trends. Many things have changed, others never will. Seven, for example. Seven is still the perfect number. Seven like the big tech companies of today, the digital corporations who are even more powerful than the Seven Sisters ever were. Seven, like Apple, Microsoft, Google Alphabet, Amazon, Nvidia, Tesla, and Meta. They're the new aristocracy that demands absolute authority, freely, without boundaries, and in open competition against states. Welcome to Digital Feudalism. I am Guido Brera, and you're listening to Black Box, the hidden side of finance, a podcast by Cora Media, sponsored by Dolcebo. They call them the Magnificent Seven. Taken together, they're worth about $12 billion, 17 times the Italian stock exchange, twice the value of all European companies. Their total value is about the same as all the shares exchanged in the UK, Germany, France, China, and Japan. The entire Italian public debt is worth less than the capitalization of just Microsoft alone. It's hard to even fathom how enormous they are. And these companies are more than just an oligopoly. They're true giants with limitless ambition. They're also one of the causes of the increasing divide between the wealthy and the poor. Not just between the north and the south of the world, but even inside the most developed parts of our planet. As the Magnificent Seven continue to grow, no one seems able to keep up the pace. The tech giants are printing the future on parchment from the past. They dominate a technological frontier that looks increasingly like a medieval fiefdom. 
The wealth of the tech lords is pretty much the same as the GDP of countries like Greece or Peru. But it's not just about devastating economic power. They also have their eyes on other types of capital. They extract value from every aspect of our lives, and they exercise their control on the world. If the world itself isn't enough, then there's space and other planets. To colonize, of course. Techno-enthusiasts, anarcho-capitalists, and transhumanists, these are the feudal lords of the new millennium that dream of beating death and pushing human life past its limits. They want everything, and they're even willing to oppose the functions and prerogatives of states themselves, convinced as they are that the best government is one that doesn't govern at all. Among these tycoons, the most eccentric and unpredictable is the South African Elon Musk. Musk is the richest man in the world, or at least he was until a few days ago. Founder of PayPal, inventor of Tesla, owner of Twitter, he's recently made headlines once again for his personal wealth. A Delaware state court has just suspended the payment of the compensation package granted by Tesla's board to its founder in 2018. The package amounted to approximately $56 billion. The judge ruled in favor of investors who had contested the amount. The compensation package of 2018 is unprecedented and is hard to imagine even for the fantastical world of tech companies. But Elon Musk is just the tip of a giant iceberg which certifies a radical shift. Capitalism has finally broken through into the era of new feudalism. From their soaring towers of profit, the new tech lords' ambitions are limitless. The corporations that they control own tens of other companies acquired through share trading. No company can remain independent if it enters the sphere of the big seven. Musk is the major shareholder of six companies in the field of space research, artificial intelligence, social networks, and automobiles. This is one man in charge of a tech empire that influences the lives of billions of people. In this new technological fiefdom, every innovation is gated off. The history of capitalism has always shown a tendency to form monopolies and oligopolies. But these concentrations were never so widespread and pervasive as to transcend capitalism itself. It seems impossible to free ourselves from this new season. And what can states do when it comes to the enormous power of these platforms? What happened to the entrepreneurial state that economist Mariana Matsukado spoke about? What happened to a state capable of staying abreast of the more or less visionary venture capitalists and startups? It seems to have disappeared, to have dissolved. It seems to have delegated those duties to the new feudal lords, despite a return to public policies following the COVID pandemic. On the other side of the Atlantic, the battle against these new lords has been delegated to a young 35-year-old woman. Her name is Lena Khan, and she's been in charge of the Federal Trade Commission, or American Antitrust, since June 2021. While studying at Yale, 
She wrote a paper in which she analyzed the evolution of the book market and the long shadow of Amazon. For 10 years, Khan refined her criticism and became a point of reference for an entire movement of opinion against big tech. President Biden's nomination was a strongly progressive choice that shows growing preoccupation for the role of the Magnificent Seven. Since being nominated to chairwoman of the FTC, Lena Khan has opened several antitrust violation cases against almost all the tech lords. In a way, this battle reminds us of that between David and Goliath, with the state in the role of David and big tech as Goliath. The war appears long and complex, and the Federal Trade Commission has already lost a few battles, such as when they failed to stop Microsoft's acquisition of the video game company Activision Blizzard on the basis that the acquisition would have reduced competition margins and damaged consumers. The FTC has its sights on Microsoft, Amazon, and Google as well as their race to profit from AI by controlling startups such as OpenAI and Anthropic. One of the many points under examination are the agreements between Microsoft and OpenAI. Bill Gates Corporation is investing $13 billion in implementing ChatGPT while keeping its share of OpenAI less than 50% in order to sidestep antitrust laws which is also the reason why Microsoft doesn't nominate its members to the board directly. But its influence is quite clear, such as when it offered to hire Sam Altman after he was pushed off the board of OpenAI. The FTC wants more transparency on these agreements, as they can hinder innovation and fair competition. Khan's detractors, of course, replied that too much interference puts at risk the capital required to develop such complex innovations. And for the USA, this is still what makes it the most powerful country on Earth. It's hard to predict whether the battles of the American antitrust will knock some sense into the heads of today's tech lords, or if the masses will continue to be dazzled by the marvels promised by the Magnificent Seven. Antitrust laws were put into place at the end of the 19th century in order to battle the so-called robber barons of the steel, railway and petrol cartels. And since then, it's been one of the main tools of liberal capitalism. However, there's reason to doubt whether they'll be as effective against the new digital barons. Black Box is a Cora News podcast, produced by Cora Media and sponsored by Docebo. Written by Guido Brera with I Diavoli. Editorial supervision by Francesca Milano. Intro and sound design by Luca Micheli. Editing and post-production by Luca Micheli and Emanuele Muscatelli. Production organization by Alex Federengo.